Welcome to the Petrine Studios, where we rock on with Jesus. This is Blake Baggert, and I'm here with Sister John Marion for our November podcast uh, to continue our discussion on prayer. Today, we want to begin discussing how do you begin to pray? So we talked about the importance, what prayer is and what prayer is not in our last podcast. And we hope you had a good experience. It was so edifying to hear from you to say, yeah, I found the meditation at the end so fruitful because this whole series is designed to get you to be able to pray yourself if you aren't currently praying or to nourish your own spiritual life. And so when we first begin to pray, I want to share the spark that ignited my own prayer life. So if we say when, one of the best things to do is say commit to a time. If it's not built into your schedule, it's going to be really hard to begin praying. When I first really began to pray again, I prayed vine office at breakfast. So I'd always pray morning prayer. And I actually still have oatmeal stains in my brewery. But at that moment in my life, I was too busy to really commit to any other sustained time. So I was like, I'll pray at breakfast. But it was a spark that ignited me to begin to searching to pray deeper. And so whatever you have for your time, make a small commitment first if you're not currently praying. If you are currently praying, maybe you don't feel like you're praying as you should. Look at the time that you are praying. Are you praying in the morning when you're not a morning person? Are you praying in the evening when you're actually a morning person? That time is so crucial. And then finally, for us in our homes, where can be a really big piece of the puzzle, too, on when we come to prayer? I know for myself, I don't think Sister John Marion, because I don't think they have any pets, has the same problem. My dog bothers me constantly when we pray in the morning. I'm a morning prayer. So I get up and I go down for my meditation and she's always constantly nudging me, trying to get me distracted so I can take her on her morning walk. As we seek to pray, we got to find a good place, somewhere that's set aside. If we can, the best place to pray is the church. It is par excellence the place to pray because Jesus is here present for us. But in a home, finding a place that's silent, beautiful, is a place where we're free of distractions, possibly with some images or a statue to help us aid in our devotion, and then having our Bible next to us as our side to guide our meditation. The biggest thing that Sister John Mary and I want to share is when we turn to when and where, that does not include your phone. The phone can be the biggest distraction. So if you're using it mainly as a clock, you can find other ways to find a clock to track how long you're praying or when you need to move on to your next thing. The biggest thing that we both want to say and can speak from our own lives is remove any distractions that you have as you begin to pray. That is great. Thank you, Blake. The the when and the where are so important because we're so physical. We're fully human. We're body and soul. And so as I'm thinking about the the how, like what do you do once you actually get there in prayer, I'm drawn back to the fact that we are body and soul. And so what you do with your body and how you prepare the place or the time or even the way that you enter into that space is directly going to impact your prayer. So since we are body and soul, use your body to pray. I found a lot of freedom in being able to kneel if I'm in a state of adoration, just adoring Jesus or just in awe of his gifts, sitting, oftentimes I meditate in a sitting stance if I'm listening 
or receiving. Sometimes I lie, lie prostrate when I'm feeling moved to submit to Jesus or use open hands to receive or even lie down sometimes. St. Ignatius would pray lying down. That one I've actually had trouble with because I tend to fall asleep if I'm lying down. But use your body. Feel free to, to move or even just change positions based on the fact wherever you find grace is what St. Ignatius would say. Wherever you're receiving him be there. Blake and I also were talking about how important it is to prepare the scripture beforehand that you're going to meditate on. So read it through maybe the night before if you're going to pray in the morning, or read it as soon as you wake up if you're going to pray later in the day, just to allow the Holy Spirit time to penetrate your heart and prepare fertile soil for whatever he wants to give. And that also will help you be able to enter into the prayer. And it it really does help with distraction right away. Distraction is always going to be a part of our prayers just because we're weak and we're human. But one of the saints described distraction as a fly that would come when a married couple is gazing at each other. And, you know, the wife could get up and chase the fly and try to kill it, or she could just quietly swat it away and just continue to look at the one who loves her. And so that's the same with distraction too. Just return back to Jesus. Just turn back to him and keep looking at him. The next step is just to quiet yourself, to maybe take some deep breaths, to settle into prayer, just to become aware of God's incredible presence, personal presence, and gaze at you. Gaze at him who is gazing at you with love. Say a prayer to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes prayers to the Holy Spirit don't even have to use words. They can just be a glance at him or just an opening to him. Because really the Holy Spirit is the one who prays for us in our weakness. Blake was mentioning a passage from Romans about how the Holy Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings beyond words. It's a great consolation to know that he is really the one who is praying in us, and we don't have to have it perfectly figured out. We just entrust ourselves to him. Then you can actually enter into the prayer. Now, sometimes just becoming aware of his presence takes the entire prayer time, either because I'm so distracted or because there is so much grace that he has given just in receiving his presence. So all of these steps can be very fluid in the sense of just be docile to if Jesus is with you and just being aware of his presence, stay there. Don't push yourself to move to the next step. But then if you are sensing he wants you to go into the scripture, then that's the time that you can reread that that scripture that you had prepared and just notice words that stick out to you or characters that touch you, either in a way that's consoling, that you feel drawn to Jesus, or in a way that's desolating, like that you feel like there's something there that is kind of stinging or, or pricking you. Whatever comes up as you read, talk to Jesus about it and just sit with him in silence with it. Just repeat the words over or enter into the scene of the prayer, but don't feel like you have to move on. Just, Jesus, what do you want to give me through this prayer time? And then the closing of the prayer time often comes beautifully with a cry of your heart. So close with, we call it a colloquy, but it's just a short prayer from your heart that whatever it is that you have experienced in prayer, cry out to God from that in the prayer. And it could be like, Something as as beautiful as, Jesus, thank you for this, or Lord, I had no idea that this is who you are. Or it could be something like, God, where are you? you I, don't, I don't know where you are. Or Jesus, I'm confused. Whatever it is, 
be be real with him, a real cry of your heart. And let that colloquy, that cry from your heart, be something that allows you to bring Jesus with you into the next activity that you do. So that as you leave your place of prayer and your time of prayer, you are with Jesus and the two of you are living your life together. This is not just something that happens in your day and it's over, but it's something that will spill over into your day. And then I also recommend journaling your prayer. Journaling has many fruits to it that I have experienced. One being that you can see sometimes Jesus brings greater clarity when you write something down. Something that seemed confusing in prayer becomes clear. Sometimes clarity happens after seeing patterns that you see in your prayer day after day after day and you realize what Jesus is doing. And sometimes journaling just helps you be able to talk with your spouse or with a friend or with a spiritual director about what has happened in prayer. So those are just some tips on steps of what to do once you get to prayer. So Blake is going to lead us through a meditation on the transfiguration. Thanks for that rundown, Sister John Marion. Here are the words from the Gospel of St. Mark on the transfiguration of Jesus. It's a great scene to place ourselves in. We're there with our patron Peter, James and John and Jesus, and he takes them up a high mountain to be set apart, but also to pray, to see some glimpse of his heavenly glory. And isn't that what we do when we come to prayer? Jesus takes us aside so that we may see a bit of true reality in his heavenly glory. So just take a moment to calm ourselves, Prepare for our meditation. Mark ourselves in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit. Open our minds and open our hearts. Help us to pray. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves, and he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no fuller on earth could bleach them. Then Elijah appeared to them along with Moses, and they were conversing with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Rabbi, it is good we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He hardly knew what to say. They were so terrified. Then a cloud came, casting a shadow over them. Then from the cloud came a voice. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone but Jesus alone with them. Lord, cut through the distractions and the confusions in our lives so that we may see you as you are in your action in our lives. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. So there's our meditation. Of course, that's short. And if you want to pull out this gospel reading, um, you can and meditate on it longer. This is just launching point. Sister John, Mary, and I know both from experience that we don't know how to pray as we ought, even in our own lives. So we're all in this together to continue to grow. Even we have to remind ourselves that we start small in order to build big. 
so that we may abide in Christ and build his kingdom. So may God bless you. For those of you we'll see in November, uh, we can't wait to discuss further beginning to pray. God bless you.